Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uctana, and today we'll be looking into how to heal your own ancestral DNA, which is much like healing a deep cut or stab wound. It has to happen from the inside out in order to prevent further infection. Part of preparing to become embodied is carefully selecting the parents which are going to create your body. So much of what we must work with from the outset comes from them both biologically and behaviorally. We look for parents who are going to raise us in a way which supports and even facilitates the lessons we are coming to learn, the goals we're setting for ourselves, and the way in which we wish to perceive the world we live in. We want the cultural milieu they are going to bring us into, the social structures we'll be exposed to, their worldviews, expectations, and the boundaries they'll force on us so we can use them as a foundation to build on or something we can push against in order to go in a completely different direction. We also want what their genes will give us. Beyond skin color, relative size, bone structure, and natural proclivities, we're looking for specific things such as a sensitivity to physical energies, both human and environmental, musicality, focus on physicality and athleticism, facility with numbers and complex patterns and systems, and so on. In the same way we shop for cars, we're looking not just for the basics, which will fit our goals, but specific upgrades, add-ons, and features which will make the body a perfect fit for what we need. Included in this mix is what is called ancestral DNA. The two people who will combine their components to provide us our body are not islands isolated in a great ocean, but instead are more akin to rivers which are coming together to combine into one single stream. Flowing through them are all the choices, experiences, wisdom, and follies, causes and effects of all the lives throughout history which have joined to create them. Like all rivers, the water on the surface seems like one continuous ribbon where everything is the same and all of it of use to the beholder. But this ignores the complexity of the reality within a water ecosystem. Some things within a family are a steady stream, like culture, intellectualism and native intelligence, alcoholism, high achievement, child abuse, musical acumen, rootlessness, being a tradesman, being rooted to the land, and so on. These aspects of being can be seen in every family member as just the way we are. However, there are traits which skim along like leaves floating on the surface, This can be a talent which skips a generation, the odd man out or black sheep which appears every two or three generations to point out, like Cassandra, where there is major dysfunction, or the trendsetter who takes the family in a new direction once the old lessons have played out and it's time to begin a new chapter. To complicate things even more, some souls choose to mix and match all this through adoption. They choose their parents for the physical traits and the ancestral DNA, then put themselves in a situation where they can receive their parenting, socioeconomics, boundaries, and so on, 
through other people. Not all adoptions are preplanned, but those which are usually demonstrate intricate interweaving of all these facets to achieve the desired goals. Along with all this, while we're choosing the body, the parents, and the family we're born into, we accept we will not find an absolutely perfect match for our needs. There are times when we find a situation which absolutely meets our criteria, but the trade-off is there's a 1% or 2% chance of something coming into being which could cause us difficulties. For example, we could get the body we want, but find we have some difficulty carrying a child to term. Or we might have to deal with a slower metabolism or a random phobia concerning birds. We accept these possibilities as acceptable should they occur, and we set plans to deal with them when and if they arise. These things are neither lessons to be learned, karma being worked off, nor character-building events. They are simply a factor in the complex embodiment process. Once our selection is made, the contracts are written and approved, and our parents have started a body forming, we launch into the world. It's common for people to think of our lives, specifically our childhoods, as scripted, pre-planned, or even choreographed. This is intended to help us put meaning to events and understand ourselves and the world better, but it obscures a bit of the actual process. Our parents aren't puppets being manipulated by outside forces, nor is the world a stage which is being managed for our benefit. Embodied life for each individual has much more in common with NASA missions launching astronauts into space. If we think of an embodied life as a rocket launching towards an intended goal, then there are aspects at each phase which require a certain amount or style of propulsion. Once we've achieved what we mean to do in this phase, we jettison the leftover equipment, much like a rocket lets go of the boosters after using up their fuel. For example, what coping mechanisms worked for us to survive our childhood and helped forge us into the person we are today can end up holding us back, so we work to release them. What's necessary for us to learn or achieve something can end up derailing us when we enter a new situation, so we carefully pack it away or let it slide into what we think of as personal history. Most of the time, this process happens naturally but other times, not so much. Life can bring things to our attention in a variety of startling or harsh ways, so we can make conscious choices and changes to facilitate a course correction. Healing our ancestral DNA is a means for us to realign ourselves physically and emotionally with our soul and the goals we set for living this embodied life. While I've described the body selection process in terms of buying a car, Our bodies are not machines or objects. The body we manifest is us. The soul and the body are interwoven and maintain constant channels of communication. To be honest, the body's communication with the soul is much closer and clearer than our brains almost 99% of the time. So healing our DNA is not about fixing something which is broken, treating the body like a misbehaving child or untamed animal, but instead engaging with it to achieve balance, harmony, and health. The body already has drastic fail-safe systems in place to heal our DNA when things become critical. 
These come into play if the ancestral strand is not only no longer serving us, but specifically causing us harm and in contradiction to the life we're living. Cancers or tumors can be used to extract what is no longer necessary, confining and constraining it into a form of matter which can then be removed. Entire organs may fail and need to be removed in order to relieve us of unwanted ancestral traits. Some organs or physical structures can be altered with accidents or illness to force us into releasing old behaviors and the toxic structures which were holding them in place. What all of these have in common is the radical or even catastrophic removal of the tissue. The illness, injury, need for medical processes, and intervention act somewhat like a breaking mechanism, forcing us to stop, evaluate, and hopefully make the necessary behavioral and life changes, which will put us back on track. Consciously healing our ancestral DNA allows us to do this work long before there is need for medical intervention. It also challenges us to be proactive about our lives rather than react to what appear to be unforeseen circumstances. So, how do you heal your own ancestral DNA? First, it's important to think of this type of healing much like healing a deep cut or stab wound. It must happen from the inside out in order to prevent further infection or even death. This means, while our parents and the generations which came before bequeathed us the issues we're struggling with, putting effort into getting them to change, either in present time or through some spiritual practice, won't materially change us. Use of coercive or manipulative means to achieve our own healing by getting someone else to change even with the best intentions, enters us into a realm of black magic and negative juju, which sets us back rather than moving us forward. That's like reaching out with our right hand to grab their right hand in order to take a splinter out of our right index finger. We're blocked by the very method we chose to fix the problem. Thinking about this from the perspective of a stab wound also points to difficulties around releasing, removing, or excising what no longer serves. Using a scalpel to remove a stab wound just makes a deeper and bigger hole to be healed. Our ancestral DNA isn't something separate from us. It's a part of us which needs to be worked through, validated, and healed into a new form rather than vilified. This is why various forms of forgiveness practice, releasing modalities, even healing with higher vibrations or mental retraining can have seemingly little or no effect or even magnify the problem. In order to heal ancestral DNA, we need to start inside ourselves at our core. Starting at this point within, where our infinite and eternal self merges with our finite and temporal expression, we can sort through what is true to our nature, our goals, and our soul path for this life and what no longer serves us. This is a bit like loving the sinner but hating the sin. We need to sort through what is truly us from what has been forced upon us by circumstance and the need for survival. We get to keep our history, the wisdom of our experiences, and whatever skills they've afforded us, but end the behaviors which keep us tormented. From there, we can begin the process of healing, 
and converting these things into the raw materials we'll use to move forward. Our soul knows what the issues are, what needs to be done, and how best to do it. Our emotions and emotional reactions to things in life are in part our soul communicating directions to us. Unfortunately, we learn quite early not only to ignore our feelings, but to see them as wild animals to avoid or cage up for safety's sake. We domesticate a few, like happiness, guilt, shame, and contentment, and protect ourselves from all the rest by setting fear in front of the gate. Opening up to all of our emotions allows us not only to take in our soul's full message and its import, but to engage with it. Here are five steps for healing your ancestral DNA. One, make yourself comfortable either sitting up straight or lying down. Allow yourself to relax. Turn your attention gently to the center of your being, just below your ribs and above your belly button, which is thought of as the third chakra or Tiferet. Within your center, there is a gold ball of light. Allow yourself to sink into the light. It is warm, comforting, and peaceful. Within this place is a celebration of all you have been, all you are now, and all you're becoming. Two, note this ball of light is connected to all the others, like beads on a chain, some above and some below. Akasha flows both up and down, filling each energy center within you. The Akasha nourishes and informs you while being transmuted by you, thereby manifesting the world into which you live and the universe to which you will return. Allow your attention to enhance this flow, enlarging it until it is all around you and everywhere you look. Being in this flow is like floating gently in an ocean of light. Three, once you're floating, let what no longer serves you come into your conscious mind, but also move towards you, so they are also floating in the light. Feel each strand as no longer necessary or concerned with your manifestation, then thank them for being part of your journey. Allow them to become filled with the light around you until they are the light, indistinguishable from the flow of light you're immersed in. 4. Feel you now have space within you for new aspects of yourself to emerge. Allow the ocean of light to fill you, preparing you for new experiences and becoming. 5. When you can hold no more, begin moving your awareness back to your physical form. As you return to yourself, listen. You may hear the whispering of your soul telling you secrets about the new you which is about to begin its unfolding. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing healing the wounds of our ancestors, which begins with practicing healthy boundaries, both for ourselves and for them. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.